Los Angeles, 1942, was a hell of a time to be alive. It was a hell of a place to live. Everyone was playing the game and enjoying themselves to the full. There was a star on every street corner. Not enough angels, though. <laughs> Many of them had fallen from grace, some of them incapable of getting back up, and some of them just didn't want to. It was a dirty town, a place where things just disappeared. Hollywood had the police in their back pocket. Sure, the stars had pristine records, but at what cost? The studio heads had to keep a shining golden light on all their stars, and there was a need for those who could make certain inconveniences disappear. Truth be told, only two people ran this town. Two sisters, Luella and Rita Monroe. Their gossip column in the LA Times was read by millions who turned to page 38 to get their fill of salacious sin and vice, to discover who was doing what to whom and whether they liked it or not. The Monroe sisters could make or break you in Hollywood with just a nib of their pen. In this town, it wouldn't surprise you that that had left them with a list of enemies as long as your arm and twice as thick. So. When one of the sisters wound up dead, shot in an alley, there was no shortage of suspects. That's where he came in. A man bound by no rules except those of twisted morals. He was a private eye, a gumshoe, a dick. In a past life, he was a star in his own right. A detective in the police force in the LAPD. A failed marriage left him at the bottom of a bottle where he's been living ever since. So when he got called in by Rita Monroe to solve the murder of her sister, well, that was just something too big, something he couldn't even put down. Hey, well, let's cut to the chase. I'm a busy man. I got an appointment with a liquor store at about 4 p.m. No, sir, let me stop you. You've got an appointment with me and me alone, and everything that I tell you to do, you will do. I've brought you here under no uncertain circumstances. You are here to help solve the murder of my sister, Llewellyn Monroe. I'm sure you've heard about it. Of course I've heard about it. That's why I'm here. Well, yes. My sister's untimely passing is very controversial. And inconvenient for you. I mean, who's going to keep those column inches printed, huh? <laughs> exactly. I've doubled my workload and halved my family. She was all I had. So what do we know? The police have done nothing. They've been sitting on this for a week, and I'm afraid that they're not going to solve it. Of course, I've written columns about it because I'm looking for some information that'll help me find my sister's murderer, or point to the man that I know who did it. Well, I gotta say, you're gonna have a queue going around the block of people wanting to have a piece of you and your sister. You made enemies every time you put your pen to paper, and I j Wait a second. What do you mean the man who you know did it? Of course, whilst there might be a queue, there is somebody who is standing front and center taking their ticket. Mr. Lawrence Noble. Lawrence Noble, <laughs> the English thespian. Yes, that man who has taken over the hearts and souls of the American public. 
He's the everyday Joe hero. He's the guy that we all want to be and the dames want to be with. <laughs> you can't possibly think he's a murderer. I know it for sure. He had a very public fallout with Llewellyn. You mean at Kaposi's? Yes, you must have read about it. I see you follow my column. Who doesn't? Exactly. Well, he would be the number one. I better go and check this out. Kaposi's, you say? Yes, this biggest spot to find all the stars. The place where the champagne's flowing, the chandelier is glowing, and people's stars are shining bright. Then I'll see what I can do. Maybe I can shake some things up a bit. Rita was right, of course. Posies was the place where the brightest stars went to shine. Washed up actors, agents, casting directors, lighting guys, there was nobody who wasn't there to get their name in print. He pulled up to the bar and ordered himself a Kaposi special. Two bourbons, one straight, one on the rocks. As he sat there indulging in his sin, he wondered to himself how he would find out more about Lawrence Noble's personal interest in the case. <laughs> Little did he know it would be from the man himself. absolutely dreadful beverages unless you've somehow found a way to serve the champagne actually at chill temperature, dear boy. <laughs> I've got to tell you, I wouldn't be here too long. It's a ghastly place and such a bore. Well, I don't know. You seem to be having quite the fun time. Well, that's because I know how to have a fun time in this city. God knows I've worked long and hard enough for it. Yeah, I've seen some of your pictures. Oh, oh, are you, are you one of the press? Are you a journalist, are you? Yes, well, I, I can assure you that everything you've read about me is true if it's good, and if it's not, then forget about it, and uh, you'll be hearing from my agent in the morning. So you're Lawrence Noble? Yes, call me Larry. Okay, Larry. I want you to, uh... I want you to tell me a few things. Oh, so you are a journalist? No, I'm a detective. You're a detective? Oh, how wonderful. I want to play a detective in my next picture. I think maybe speaking to someone hard-boiled like yourself will give me the motivation I need to take myself all the way to the Academy Awards. Uh, sure, whatever. Uh, okay, now tell me, what do you know about Luella Monroe? <gasps> that gas bag! <laughs> I'm glad she's dead. So... Word travels fast. Everyone knows she passed away. <laughs> Good riddance to bad rubbish. Beastly old bat. You seem pretty pleased about it. Well, who wouldn't be? The slime she dredges up to put in her pitiful column is enough to make the stomach turn on even the most stalwart sailor. <laughs> So you are not sorry that she's dead? Absolutely not. I would have done it myself if I wasn't otherwise engaged. She's... Who's that? Who's that? Who's who? Who's the dame over there? The nice-looking dame. The one with the pretty eyes. Well, you have to specify. Everyone's a bit of a looker in this town. Right there! Oh. Yes. Yes, that's a... Uh... 
That's Mitzi Summers. Yeah, she's one of the one of the new bloods in town. I think she's going to go on to great things. She's just fresh off the bus from Ohio. You know what I mean? <laughs> you seem to know a lot about her. Well, it uh, pays for someone like me to take an interest, old boy. Uh, do excuse me. I am um, say, would you like to join me in my entourage for a few beverages? <laughs> Uh, well, really, I'm on technically on duty, but, uh, I guess I could... D- oh, please, only the one for me. Please, Detective, would make me very happy. <laughs> well, I, I guess I could. Come in. It's open. Ah, well, you're looking rough this morning. Well, well, well. Sergeant O'Connor, as I live and breathe, what brings you into my orifice? Well, I received a series of phone calls from you, about you, around you. You were in the background of a lot of them. There was many phone calls last night to the police station and you were involved in all of them and I came here to see what was going on. That sounds like the sort of thing I do after a few bourbons too many. I was at uh, Capozzi's, of course, following a lead on the uh, Monroe killing. Uh, what do you got <clears throat> to do with that? Well, let's just say a certain interested party is keen that I remain equally interested. Ah, uh, Rita Monroe's got her claws into you, I can see. Well, come on then. Quid pro quo, what do you got for me? Look, I'll give you something just because of the way we go back. Here's her diary. Llewellyn Monroe wrote a diary every day since she was a child. <laughs> you don't have to be a detective to see this. Uh, profound alcoholic, violent tendencies, threatening behaviour. If I didn't know better, I'd think you were talking about my father. But look, it does seem that... There might be some connections between Mr. Lawrence Noble and her death. Well, I gotta say, it's done a pretty picture. Thank you so much for bringing this to me. Mind if I hold on to this? I think. Yeah, you... you take it, but don't tell anyone I'd be bringing it to you. And if you find anything out, you gotta bring it to me. Quid pro quo, as you said yourself. Well, I'll see you down at O'Flaherty's later. He had it back to that den of sin to find how noble Lawrence really was. As he entered the bar, he pulled himself up and of course grabbed himself a Capozzi special. But this time, it wasn't Lawrence that came up to him. He found himself in the company of someone else. Is this seat taken? Well, I don't see no one sitting there. I thought I'd just ask. You look like a man deep in thought. Well, right now I'm just sinking a couple of bourbons, but, uh, sure. I guess you could say I'm deep in drink. It's nice to meet you. I'm Misty Summers. I know who you are, Miss Summers. I've seen some of your pictures. Oh, blue hat in the sky. That's one of my favorites. Thank you, I put a lot of myself into it. The dance routine alone was exquisite. That's real rain. Please, pull up a bar stool. Would you like a drink? Lovely weather we're having. 
What? I said a lovely weather we're having. Sure, it's been raining. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we should have been in Toledo. Anyway, here you go. Composey special. Tell me. You've not been in town long, but you certainly seem to have made yourself at home in Kaposi's. What can you tell me about Lawrence Noble? Well, Lawrence is quite the character. He yes, is he is. the leading man in, well, so many of the studio films. I've, of course, become friends with him because, well, he can always help a starlet get a little bit further. But between you and I, he has no interest in a person like me. Well, he doesn't like redheads. I think he might be a bit more interested in someone like you. He likes bald women. Sure, let's say that. Oh. So you're saying he... He has a family that he mightn't love, a wife that he might neglect, and a hotel room that he keeps open seven nights a week for other people to go visit. You mean the Algonquin? Yes, he keeps a hotel room there, a suite, actually. Sure, which star doesn't keep a suite in the Algonquin? That's what it's there for. It's the hotel for the stars. Well, he's probably there now. I assume that you're going looking for him since you had such a good time last night. They ain't gonna trust a crumpled old gumshoe like me. Maybe I need a little bit of Hollywood glamour to get me in. What do you say? I was gonna suggest the same. Do you have an automobile? Of course I do. Do you smoke? Of course. Do you have any cigarettes? Of course not. Okay. Could I have one of yours? Sure, why not? Here you go. Do you have a lighter? Of course I do. Tell me, why do you know about Luella Monroe? Oh, the Monroe sisters, well, of course. Anybody who's everybody knows about them. So what do you know? Well, what everybody knows. And what's that? They write a gossip column, they can make or break you. And if you get on their wrong side, they could destroy everything you've ever had. Hmm. Well, I guess there's a queue forming round the block for people that want to have a piece of those two. <laughs> so tell me, you fresh off the boat or what? Where are you from? Well, I grew up in a farm in Ohio. My parents, they were humble people. They still are. They're still there on the farm. Tell me this. Have you ever had a dream? I've had a few nightmares. Have you ever been inside a dream and it felt so real? And everything you touched became what could be yours. Everything that you ever wanted was just a path ahead of you and there were no obstacles. That every part of your body screamed to become something and in that dream you were that something? Well, I had it. I dream I was a chicken once, but I blame that on some indigestion. It seems to be more to you than just beautiful eyes, Toots. Oh, this, these beautiful eyes and this accent, they mightn't be the most real thing, but the passion behind it is, I came here with one goal, and that was to be a star. When I was a child, I would be in front of that screen when my parents would finally let us go to the movies once a year, and I could picture myself right up there. Dancing, singing, being my name in lights, and I knew that that was my calling, and I am so close. Every picture that I'm making is one step closer to where I'm going to be, and I've got one in the works. I'm so close. I'm going to be there. I'm finally going to live that dream and not wake up. Well, 
I hope for your sake you never wake up from that dream, because I hope that dream becomes your reality. <clears throat> oh, oh we're uh, here. We're here. I'm here to see a good friend of mine, Mr. Lawrence Noble, I believe he ha- mm, Mr. Noble, really? Absolutely. We're very good friends, and I'd like to, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to see him, please. I'd like to be shown to his suite. Well, here you go. Here's the key. Be careful. It could bite. That was a lot easier than I thought. Yeah, me too. I guess you didn't need me at all. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Oh. Uh, well, I guess we should take the elevator. Sure, we'll get there faster. So I'll just, if you just scooch oh, over. No, I just, it's, uh, no, just no, scooch. No, just, no, I, I could probably press it. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. Oh, no, oh, 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 wow. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful Art Deco. <laughs> Very nice. <clears throat> yes, you are. What? Hmm? Oh, we're not there yet. Oh. It just shook. Okay. <sighs> How long do you have the rental car for? Uh, it's a it's a running lease. Oh, I got it for a good couple of days. Oh, and I, 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 oh we're here. Oh, <clears throat> uh, oh see, sorry. Excuse me. Oh, no, I know you go first. No, it's no, no please. I could, oh, no, I, 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 I I'll need, just I end just, up squeezing okay, past it. No, <laughs> no, I'm just, sorry. No, no excuse me. Oh, whoa. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. okay uh, here we are. Okay, so. <clears throat> uh, Lawrence? Mr. Noble. Lawrence, are you inside? I, I've brought a guest. Mr. Noble, it's me from last night. Hello? Lawrence? Lawrence! Are you there? Lawrence! He's not here. Seems like we're alone. In the middle of the afternoon. In a hotel room. <laughs> Perfect conditions. Perfect for what? An investigation. Of course. What exactly is it that you're looking for? Uh, some kind of... Okay, I'll level with you. I'm a private detective. I've been hired by Rita Monroe to find out who killed her sister. And I plan to get to the bottom of this case if it kills me. Now I need to find something. There was a Magnum, 357 Magnum, that was used. I'm thinking Mr. Noble's the kind of guy that would hold on to his weapon. He's the kind of guy that's going to keep hold of it. I'm going to keep looking. You put yourself on the bed, toots. Hey, don't treat me like that. Not you. Not me? No. You don't even know me, lady. I know more about you than I think you know about yourself. Oh, I know a fair bit about myself. I certainly know a few things about you. What do you know about me? I know you're the kind of dame that doesn't stop until she gets what she wants. I know you're the kind of dame that would do anything to get her name in lights. And I know you're the kind of dame that can't take her eyes off me. That's true. Did not see that coming. (laughs) 
I hope you don't think that I'm that kind of girl. Well, I didn't at first, but after ten minutes, I was pretty sure you were that kind of girl. Hope you didn't think I was that kind of guy. I definitely didn't think that you were that kind of guy, and even after ten minutes, I'm still not sure. Okay. Well, I gotta tell you, I'm hitting a dead end here. We find no weapon. All I got is Luella's diary. And <laughs> I get... What are you laughing at? Luella's diary? That makes absolutely no sense. Well, the diary I got in my apartment slash office makes a lot of sense because it's Luella's diary. I'm telling you for sure that that is not Luella's diary. I'm telling you for sure that it is. Luella Monroe can't read or write. Well, let... What? When, since she was a child, she's been mixing up letters and numbers together. She's unable to read or write. <laughs> Hell, she hired me as her typist to write for her... Co- oh, so. oh, God. What did you say? You, you can't tell a soul I'm trusting you with this and only you. Okay, sister. I'm not your sister. It's a figure of speech. You better come clean now. You're in this up to your eyeballs. I don't care how pretty they are. They're the kind of eyeballs that are going to start crying for mercy. If you don't tell me what you know about Luella Monroe's death. I know nothing about her death. Oh, oh, I know. oh you're no, just happen to be some dame no, that happens to I, wife her, huh? I just, I, when I first came to town, I trained as a typist because I needed a job. And then the Monroe sisters, well, they approached me. They knew I wanted to be a star. And then they told me that if I could just write for them. So I listened to Luella and I wrote what she dictated to me and I wrote for the column but you can't tell anybody because I would be cast out I wouldn't become anything everyone would want to no please no you can't it's okay it's okay nothing's gonna happen I could never hurt you you're the kind of dame that puts steam in a man's strides You're the kind of dame that makes a man want to get up in the morning and realize there's more to life than a bottle. You're the kind of dame that makes me realize there's more to life than just lying face down on the floor looking at the rug's topography. Well, we were doing a little bit of that last night. That's quite enough of that, okay? I'm on the job now. Look, it was a big family secret. Llewellyn Monroe can't read or write. She had some sort of problem. All the letters mixed up. I believe that's called dyslexia. I don't think we've discovered that yet. Okay. So that must mean... She couldn't have written a diary. That's what I'm saying. God. Where are you going? I gotta go. You can't. I don't have a lift out of here. Don't worry. I'm sure you'll charm yourself out of it, but you stay tight to it. This is getting pretty messy pretty quickly. I gotta go to Rita Monroe's right away. Please call me. Racing through the streets with the bright lights of Hollywood fading fast behind him, he was battling a storm. The rain poured down on his windshield with the wipers doing only the best they could. A metaphor for himself, really. He was many things, good and bad, but his morals were a guiding light that led him up the hills to Mulholland Drive. He pulled into the house, the gates were open and the lights on as if somebody was expecting him. As he reached the door, he noticed it was unlocked and entered. He walked through to the lounge to find Rita Monroe sitting with a glass of cognac in her hand. A smile plastered across her face. Mmm, back so soon. Tell me, Miss Monroe, your sister was quite a prolific writer, was she not? Yes, of course. 
Oh, ever since we were children, she was always writing in her diary, making scrapbooks. <laughs> it was her idea to start the column. I just followed along. Oh, that's very interesting, because I got a detail for you, Miss Monroe. Your sister can't read or write. Never could. Never will. What are you laughing at? You haven't just come here to question me. You've come here to confront me. I put it to you that you murdered your own sister. And you did so merely to commit the most unconscionable crime in this city. And let me tell you, sister, you're up against some pretty stiff competition. Well, let me just tell you... Luella and I, well, we always wondered what would be the biggest story in town when we're the biggest writers there are. And, well, there was only one story that would fit. So you bumped up your sister for a headline? Of course, and she would have loved it as well if she had to live long enough to see it. Well, I guess I gotta take you in. Do you? Because you know what would happen. <laughs> you can't threaten me. I'm not famous. I ain't gonna appear in your column, sister. Well, actually, you mightn't, but I had one of my informants down there at Capozzi's, and he might have followed you to the Algonquin. You listen to me. I... What are you talking about? Oh, those bright flashing lights were more than just fireworks between you and Miss Summers. What do you know about me and Mitzi? you lay your hand on her head, so help me. I wouldn't need to. She's already ruined because of your antics. It'd be terrible for a starlet to have spent the night with a man who's previously been married when she herself is not. That's unheard of. It's 1942. You unconscionable witch. Look... I hired you because I wanted to know if what I had done was perfect. The police had nothing, but I've heard some things about you. But let me tell you this and don't raise your hand to me, sir. If you were to utter a single word about it, well, young Misty Summer's career will just end at hot. In the sky. You live here alone. Well, it seems you have a choice. Doesn't it? This audio presentation of The Queen of Hollywood was brought to you by If These Walls Could Talk, completely improvised and entirely produced by Sarah McGillan and Adrian McKinder. Stay tuned for more episodes and subscribe to If These Walls Could Talk, now available on all your favorite podcast platforms.